This is the podcast for Signs of the Second Coming of Christ. In each episode, we attempt to answer common questions concerning the Second Coming and the Signs of the Times. We are your hosts, Landon Alley and Sean Bailey. Sean is the author of the book series, Chronological Signs of the Second Coming of Christ. Our goal with this podcast is to discuss the Second Coming in a way that's accessible, conversational, and faithful to Scripture. So today I taught the lesson in Sunday school. You did. Remember how I told you I was going to have Jordan yeah. teach about Matthew Did he listen 24? to the podcast? He has, actually. Did he, listen? he started well, the, to. The most recent one where you're like, Jordan, if you're listening. I don't think you listened to that <laughs> one yet. But I called him. I actually texted him. I said, Jordan, you need to make sure you don't forget Matthew 24. And he's like, eh, I was going to just do Matthew 26. And I said, Jordan, you got to do Matthew 24. And he's like, oh, well, maybe you can do it. And I said, You're okay. opening up a can of worms, but all right, let's do it. I know, right? And he said, uh, I'll give you 10 minutes at the beginning. And I'm like, 10 minutes? I might go over. <laughs> and he goes, well, okay, I'll give you 20 minutes. And I said, I'll try. And he, he thought about it for a little while. And he's like, I have an idea how about you just teach the lesson? And I was like, all right, that's <laughs> now, what I'm talking now about. Now we're on the same page. <laughs> I wasn't actually trying to teach the lesson, but I, I said, I don't know if I can do 10 minutes. I mean, how do you condense this into 10 minutes? So it actually went really well. The first part of it, I had all of them tell me questions and then we kind of addressed their questions. I got to like two of them, which is normal. We actually talked about Adam on Diamond. Nice. In gospel doctrine, how often does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that happen. Have you ever had Adam on Diamond, like ever in church? I can't say that I have. Or if I have it, I remember it. I don't think I have, um, unless I've taught it, which I don't remember teaching it either. So Yeah. Um, it was cool, though. So the question came up, who gets to be invited to Adam on Diamond? And is it all in person? Someone asked that question too. Nice. Things you cover. (laughs) I was like, well, let's talk about that. So maybe the church is saving up a bunch of money so that they can buy a fleet of jets and transport people from all over the world to New Jerusalem. And then everybody gets a hotel room and bathrooms and they set up stadium seating. And maybe that's how it works. Or maybe you have to have a temple recommend and you go to your stake center and they broadcast it to all the stake centers and that's how you watch it from there and i was like i don't know you can't really dive into that one too deep because uh it's gospel doctrine not gospel gospel uh speculation philosophy <laughs> we did talk about what will happen at adam on the island we talked about daniel and how the ancient of days will be there mm-hmm. and he'll preside in fact we got into it by talking about third nephi chapter 21 we talked about how oh, that was the homework yeah. That was your homework, you said. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I don't know if they've read it. Right. I mean, they some of them obviously have read that, but I don't know if they have read it recently. Um, but we talked about how after Christ comes to Zion, that the work of the Father will commence. And I said, what do you think that means? Why, why would they say the work of the Father will commence? And Abby Atkinson, returned missionary, just barely got back. She's amazing. She goes, well, she raises her hand. She says, well, The work of the Father is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. So 
immortality, maybe we're getting ready for the resurrection. And I'm like, whoa, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Good job. That yeah. was amazing. So we talked about how the meeting at Adam on Dayamin is to prepare us to get ready for the first resurrection and how it will allow us to compare records, records in heaven, records on earth, um, and how we'll be able to see what we have left to do. And we'll hasten that work so we can get ready for the first resurrection. It was great. It was great. Um, some good comments. There was a comment towards the end that talked about what we talked about in our last podcast about how someone in our ward felt like they didn't have a purpose. And so I, I told them that when I was taking a class for prospective seminary teachers, one of the things they taught us was that when you teach the scriptures, you expound the context of the scriptures, you tell them about the setting and like the, the circumstances and you read the story and those kinds of things. Then you extract out the principles and the doctrines, uh, the principles that apply the doctrine of Christ. And you testify and you try to bring the spirit to testify of those principles and doctrines. And then you leave it up to them for the application. And I said, look, in every single Sunday school class I've ever been in, they stop it right in the middle of a good discussion and they say, how can we apply this in our daily lives? <laughs> that is the question. Okay. And so what do you think that means? <laughs> what do you think that means? How can we apply this in our daily lives? That's <laughs> yeah, like, and okay. I, I, <laughs> I used my President Inkley impression, which is terrible because President Inkley probably wouldn't do that. But I said, look, that's the wrong way to go about this. We don't bring up how to apply it in this setting. What we do is we say, you know the principle, you felt the spirit of it, you go figure it out. Because the way that you apply it is different in every single circumstance. Every single person is going to apply that principle differently. Their lives are different. You're a different person. So you need to go home, pray about it, and ask the Lord how to apply that to, to your, your daily life. We're not going to dis discuss that in here. And one of the things I told them was that we've talked about the principle of the gathering of Israel, and we've talked about the work for the dead and the things that we need to do. So go home and figure out how you can gather Israel. Figure out how you can do the work of the temple. Figure out how you can help your family members and your, your deceased ancestors. Figure out what you need to do. And it doesn't have to be something grand. Like we talked about the country of Mongolia. And I was like, you don't have to go convert Mongolia. Maybe it's something small. Figure out what that is because by small and simple means are great things brought to pass. And so don't think like you have to do something big. Just go figure out what you need to do. How can you, how can you do this thing? So in that conversation in your gospel doctrine, which good job teaching that, did you get into where it is on the timeline? I did. Yeah. Okay. So they said, okay, which signs have happened and which signs have not happened? And I'm like, there's hundreds. I, I don't even, okay, let, let me just give you the highlights, okay? So I stood on one side of the room and I would take a step for each one of the highlights. And we started with Christ being crucified, then resurrected, how Jerusalem was destroyed and the Jews were destroyed. And then we skipped ahead and we went to the restoration of the church, the, re the um, translation of the Book of Mormon, uh, the church being established among the Gentiles, 
And then we talked about how Christ came to the Kirtland Temple and how temples have been built around the uh, on the whole earth and that there's been many temples on the Isles of the Sea and how um, Christ has stood in those temples on the Isles of the Sea. And that's a fulfillment of prophecy in section 133 and how we're very close to the meeting of Adam on Diamond. And then we kind of kicked off the, the future from that point forward. Right. So Adam on Diamond is the very end of the sixth seal or in the seventh seal? If Adam on Diamond hasn't happened yet. Okay. Which it hasn't. Which it hasn't. And we are already in the end of the sixth seal. It's got to be are. seventh. Oh, okay. I see what your question is now. So you're asking the question, does Adam on Diamond happen in the sixth seal? And I think that Revelation chapter six. I don't think it is six. I read all Rev after our last podcast. I went home and I think it was actually last night. I was reading all, I read all of Revelations. Notice a couple of things. One, it never talks about in the seven seals, it never talks about the coming of Christ or the birth of Christ ever. Right? Isn't in that one interesting? Of the seals. It's not in the one of the seals. It doesn't mention it at all. There's no mention of that. So I'm like, that's. Which is significant. It is significant. You think, okay, you're telling us of these signs of the time, so we kind of get on this timeline. That's a pretty major event. Why is that not mentioned inside one of these seals that John sees? And he said, I, I mean, it's just not there. I it's was actually, chapter seven, by the way. It is seven? Yeah. 144,000 are sealed. The homework that we gave, chapter yeah. seven. I, well, I read it because I was like, okay, why did I say that? I was like, oh, yeah, this deals with the sixth seal. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah. The seventh seal doesn't happen until chapter eight of Revelation. And chapter seven, um, especially towards the end, it talks about how there will be an innumerable host that stands before the Lamb, um, a great multitude which no man could number, right? In the book of Daniel, it talks about a million people who minister unto Adam or the ancient days. And then there will be a, a hundred million people that stand before him that are present, quote unquote, in that meeting. I like to think it's standing in a literal sense instead of a virtual sense. But I mean, I guess you could have it be sort of virtual maybe. Yeah, I mean, it could be a, a virtual type thing, but then it would have to turn into a, well, I guess it maybe wouldn't have to, but it would turn into a physical thing. Like let's say he's up there talking and you can hear him but you're like walking on your way, you're watching it or something, you're just walking on your way. Because 100 million people, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. You know, think that's, about the, just walking through 100 million people. That's a lot of Let's put this into perspective. Okay, so you've got, first of all, we've got 17 million people in the entire church. Right. Including people who are inactive. Okay. There are 330 million people in the United States. Mm -hmm. So 100 million people is basically a third of all of the United States in one place. The largest city in the in the world, I don't know what it is right now. In fact, let's look that up. Let's see what the largest city in the world is. The largest city in the world is Chongqing, in, in China? China. Okay, thirty-two million people. That's a lot of that's a lot of millions. That's a lot of millions. Shanghai has twenty-six million, almost twenty-seven. Sao Paulo has twenty-two million. Beijing has twenty-two million. Salt Lake City is like a million. I mean. Times yeah, it by a hundred, like that, and yeah. that's that's what you're going to need. A hundred million. That's a lot. It's a lot. 
so yeah there's no way i, I mean it's like moses you know you you he's holding it up so you can see right you just come and see and then you'll be healed but you still got to walk to see him because there are so many people right so that, that's gonna be crazy who knows how that's gonna happen God, I guess. Uh, but what I did want to talk about a little bit is that timeline. Let's kind of get a little more clear. It was a little confusing. And you showed me your little thing, your notes. And I was like, oh, that that makes more sense. Yeah, okay. But there's still questions out there, right? Like, when is the seventh trump sounded in the seventh seal? Is that the very, very end? Because that's when time ends. At the end of the seventh seal, Christ will leave. And something is going to change. Something about the sun, the moon, the earth, the stars, the planets, whatever, something is going to change. And that's the reason I think they call it a little season because we don't really have a measurement at that point. Something will change. There will be righteous on the earth for a little while, but then Satan will be unbound. And when he is unbound, the wickedness and the the old ways, like the Gadiant robber, like they searched up the old ways, right? They'll search up the old ways. Satan will re-inspire people to do it just as he's always done from the time of Cain. He will inspire people to be violent again. He'll inspire people to be wicked again. He'll inspire people to rebel against God again. And keep in mind that by this point, we're talking a trillion people maybe on the earth. I don't know. We, we went over the numbers and I think your numbers are a little high, but at the same time, maybe not. Because um, we talked about this off offline, right? Off, yeah, yeah. Um, how many people will there be during the millennium? We have to go into what happens in the millennium. And you asked me to look into this. There will be no pain, no tears, and no crying. Yeah, no, no crying. No sickness, no death. No sickness and death, right? Which is, it's unbelievable. That's unbelievable, right? Because my kids were born and we had one kid who didn't cry, but the other two were little banshees, just like <laughs> screaming. And so just not. I know. Not so being, Amelia. I can't imagine Amelia that. was so quiet. She was so, because she, she had Down syndrome. She was so quiet. And uh, like she, it's almost like she didn't even know how to cry, really. She learned eventually. She, <laughs> she's very, very loud now. Um, but our other daughter, Addison, she is, she was loud. She was a loud baby. We're like, what? How do we do this? So uh, I just can't imagine that, right? And so I looked up the the word pain and how it was translated over, and it pretty much does mean pain. It's pretty much a, almost a oh, literal. Oh yeah, that was that was what you were gonna do, right? Yeah, it was almost a literal translation. There were a couple other ways it could have been taken, but they just didn't fit in the context of how it was saying. And so I was like, so yeah, so when John says there will be no pain. There will be no sickness. There will be no death. There will be no crying. It's Those are all literal terms, right? Uh, I only looked up the pain one because that was the one that I was like, I can't believe that. You know, like, I just can't believe that. But that was what it meant. Isn't so that's so interesting. Yeah, it's weird because how can you grow really, right? Because there's got to be opposition in all things. For us, currently, there has to be opposition in all things. Okay, so maybe it's, Okay, like I always look at things like working out, right? So you're working out and you do a super hard workout and the next day you're just absolutely you're in just, horrible pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, it takes about like the 48 hour mark is when it's the worst for me. Um, but working out causes pain. But what if it didn't? 
what if like you're, you've been working out for so many years that when you do a super hard workout, you just don't feel pain anymore. What if it's like that where it's just different? Your, your body is different. And the way that you, um, maybe lactic acid doesn't exist or so. I don't know. Like, uh, some things just go away. The things that cause pain just don't cause pain anymore. And it's not that there's not opposition. It's not that you don't still learn. It's not that you, you know, you don't have lessons that can be learned still. It's just that you just don't feel pain. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, it's a little tricky because how is it just, I believe the scriptures. I just want to know how that works. How does that work? I don't know. Cause that's just, you know, it's hard to imagine. I mean, I cut myself, I, I do construction, so I cut myself at work all the time and I, I sometimes don't even feel it, right? Yeah. I don't get it <clears throat> until you try washing your hands or something and then you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, there's that pain. So just small little things like that won't be there. That's really strange. Yeah, I, uh, we're both kind of in construction now, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't start out that way, but um, we, we have a renovation company now and... Uh, this past week we did tile. Oh my goodness. Oh man. My back this, this week has been really rough. Um, cause we did wall tile. We did floor tile. We did grout. We did like, we did all kinds of tile. Just this whole entire bathroom is being tiled and, uh, it's rough. We had to haul tile up and down stairs, big boxes of tile. We actually did stone work. So we had to haul stone and, ugh. But that'll be cool. So I think that's kind of pretty much it for the timeline, right? Um, let's see if we got it mostly covered. It wasn't very elementary or primary. Uh, we kind of, yeah, sorry, kids. But I think we did cover it for for me at least, right? There's the 4,000 years. And then there's the meridian of time, which is spoken of. But it's not spoken of in Revelation. In the seven seals, yeah. It's not. It's not yeah, mentioned it's at all. excluded. Yeah. So figure that one out, huh? Oh, you can just look at this timeline here. Then we got into the sixth seal. How we know we're still in the fifth sixth seal, seal and then the sixth seal. Yeah. And, and how we're still in the sixth seal. And is there anything else that needs to happen in the sixth seal that hasn't? Yes. Like what? The, well, the 144,000 need to be. Okay. Yeah. That has to happen. That's, so that's specifically in the sixth seal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is the 144,000? We've talked about it in a previous podcast, but. That's a bunch of good dudes. That's who it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And their spouses, right? Um, Joseph Smith said that it will be quorums of the 70. Right. So the quorums of the 70 need to be in the 144,000 number before the seventh seal can begin. You know how I think that's going to happen? I just thought about this. It's got to be when we can finally get into China. Could be, yeah. Because it's these people that have they don't really know like their their media is controlled they have probably heard some of them about oh i've heard the name jesus christ probably in a movie as like a derogatory type thing right like it's like almost a curse so they've heard it possibly but probably just waiting to actually hear that and we have a temple going up there in china now yeah. and we can't go visit it if you are not a child like from China, if you're not Chinese, you can't go to that temple. But how cool is that? Right. I mean, that's quite a huge step. What we, other? Well, we have a temple in Hong Kong. Right. And we have another one that's supposed to be built. Where's the exactly supposed to be? Is it Shanghai? I don't remember where exactly. It was announced like three years ago, two years ago. 
Yeah. But I don't remember exactly where it was. You're going to have such a huge influx of people that believe in Christ. You're going to need so many 70s over there to help to help that, to help navigate that, right? Yeah. It's going to be... Yeah. Uh, and, and then the other one is, I mean, how many? There's already a, over a billion people in just India. Oh, right. Well, it's like 1.2 billion. You know that we have branches in India, right? We do, but it's not. It's, it's pretty small still. It's never, yeah, exactly. It hasn't, it hasn't taken off. I don't know why, but in other places, it, it just ignited, like Brazil and South America, just wildfire. Right. So that's what I think is going to have to happen. And I don't know when or how. Okay. So, yeah. So before the day of the Lord, all. Okay, so let's let's see if we can put together a list. Okay. Okay. So before the day of the Lord, before the seventh seal, we have to have Adam on Diamond. Hasn't happened yet. The Jews need to be um, gathered to New Jerusalem. That means that New Jerusalem needs to be built. Hasn't happened yet. Nope. The Jews will also begin to be gathered to Jerusalem. Gathered meaning they will begin to be converted to the Lord, the true Messiah, in Jerusalem. Also hasn't happened yet. We need to have 144,000 members of the quorums of the 70. Hasn't happened yet. We need to have the gospel preached in all the nations. Every nation, kindred, tongue, and people need to have the gospel preached. That hasn't happened yet. We have... We're very close. Well, most of the... So here's something interesting that we talked about today in Sunday school. We have not begun to preach the gospel in Muslim nations. We have not begun to preach the gospel at least not much in China, India, and a lot of Eastern Asia, right? Korea and Japan, of course, and the Philippines, tons of tons of uh, members of the church there. Um, the work has been there for a long time. But in the, the communist bloc in Eastern Asia, so Vietnam, um, Laos, Cambo- Cambodia, Indonesia is a Muslim nation for the most part. You have China, you have Mongolia, uh, Russia even. We, we're in Russia, but... We're not in Russia currently. We're, yeah, well, the, kind the members of, are, but missionaries are not. Yeah, because it's kind of gone backwards with um, the war in Ukraine. In Ukraine, we don't have missionaries there right now. Yeah. Um, so I had a cousin there. They pulled he, him out. Yeah. Like, he was there. That was his mission. And then they were like, this is looking pretty hairy. Let's pull him out. Yeah. And then he went to Idaho. <laughs> he got very hairy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know it gets kind of hairy too, but not not like that. <laughs> not like that. No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Calm yourselves, Idaho. We we don't want uh, all you Idahoans to get into the same situation that Ukraine is in. Um, I have actually cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff in Idaho. We we have some things that are still left in the sixth seal, and again, the work can hasten. It can go very quickly. They could say. All right, guys, we feel like we need more 70. So stake presidents, we need you to find, give us, uh, I don't know, a thousand people from your stake that can be called a 70, right? Or whatever. We talked today in, in Sunday school too about how there was, a, there was a lady who her son went to Russia. And while he was in Russia, they realized, uh, or he was in a meeting or something where they talked about how there were uh, every tribe of the house of Israel was accounted for in Russia. Like they had patriarchal blessings with every tribe. I had a friend who was from Mongolia. We went to school together and she said that she was in a meeting similar 
in Mongolia where they said that, that Mongolia is kind of a melting pot for all of the tribes of Israel. So that's interesting. Um, I imagine that you might have something similar in China and in India, right? So very cool. The tribes of Israel need to be gathered as well. And the house of Israel will begin to be gathered to New Jerusalem before they're gathered to Old Jerusalem. That's a sixth seal prophecy as well. It is. There is another prophecy in the book of Revelation that says that there will be a great earthquake during the second seal or during the sixth seal. I don't know if that's happened yet. Maybe it has. Maybe Krakatoa or, you know, some some other earthquake that's happened in the past 500 years or so. Maybe that's already happened. I don't know. I don't know. But that's a prophecy that I don't know if it's happened yet either. Right. I don't know either. I, I tend to think not. And you know why I don't think that that is the case. Because I, like we talked on the last one, there's a huge work going on at the temple in Salt Lake preparing for earthquakes i just there's no purpose for that if there's not a purpose for that well and there's not going to be an earthquake the size of the earthquake that will happen when christ touches his foot on the mount of olives sure it's not going to shake the whole earth and every wall on 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 the entire earth is going to fall down it's not that big but it's still big so has it happened i don't know maybe the earthquake that caused the tsunami in 2004 maybe Uh that was I don't know. I don't know what, uh, which we'll one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it does say that there will be many earthquakes. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so earthquakes will be a part of the I sixth think, yeah. seal. But it also says there will be a great earthquake in the sixth seal. And which one that is or whether it's happened yet, I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know. So we are, according to the scriptures, and According to Eric and Sean, we are still in the sixth seal. We're, it's not even just Eric. It's just the scriptures itself and President Nelson, obviously, still gathering Israel, still his focus. And like the scripture says, the new Jerusalem must be built and then the Jews must be gathered to new Jerusalem. Yeah, so we could argue, okay, well, maybe we have some a presence in every nation, Maybe the the quorums of the 70 are bigger than we think. Maybe we're counting like, I don't know, mission presidents and yeah, I don't know, things that are part of that. Um, maybe, 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 maybe. But one thing that you can for sure, for sure, for sure know that it hasn't happened yet is New Jerusalem hasn't been built. We know that for sure. And that has to happen before the seventh seal, before Christ. Because Okay, here's the definitive proof, okay? The seventh seal begins with Christ reigning in Zion. Mm-hmm. If Zion isn't here yet, how can he reign in a place that doesn't exist yet? So New Jerusalem has to be built. And this is straight out of the scriptures and we can pull out references if we need to, but New Jerusalem has to be built before the day of the Lord comes. And, and it, it just it hasn't happened yet. That's your, that's your, that's your big sign. So if you're waiting, if you're like keeping track and you're checking off your checklist and, and you're like, okay, uh, Sean, Eric, uh, Landon, Jared, they're, they're telling me this stuff. I just need my definitive sign. What is the sign that we are ready for the seventh seal? That's the sign. The sign is, is new Jerusalem built when it is. There we go. We're ready. We're ready to go. 
and we're getting close. I think we are. Yeah. I think Adam on Diamond will be preparation for the building of New Jerusalem. Although, to be fair, we could start building New Jerusalem and all of the accommodations, all of the building, all of the, the apartments and the houses and the, the hotels or whatever we're building. I don't even know all the stuff we're building. But whatever we're building in New Jerusalem may be the accommodations for Adam on Diamond. And I've thought about this too. Maybe they have a train that goes on the hour every hour from New Jerusalem to Adam on Dayamin in like a loop. <laughs> Could be. Right? Okay, here's another thing. Maybe a large chunk of the United States is dedicated to be a part of the Adam on Dayamin conference. And it takes place over the course of a year. And everybody in the vicinity gets shipped in and they have these small conferences over and over and over and over again, over and over again, until all of the people who are supposed to be in attendance can be in attendance. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's not a single meeting. Maybe it's meetings that just happen over and over again. Think of it like the temple, right? We go time and time again. Yeah. It's the same meeting, but it's not the same meeting. It's, yeah. Could be. Who knows? Yeah. So um, I do know that the Lord knows And uh, I'm pretty sure that the prophet and the leaders of the church know. And we shall see. We shall see. Um, I'll tell you what. When Eric and I know, we will immediately do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll let you know that we know that they know that we all know. Oh, goodness. And then you will know that we know that they know. Yeah. Maybe the podcast will be shut down, though, before then, huh? I I hope not. Yeah, me too. Uh, why would they shut us down? Let's see. Um, who knows? Cancel culture. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Your 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 podcast isn't quite that big, but you're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we get there. Um, so let's talk about what the future of this podcast looks like. So in season four, we want to talk about the millennium, but we also want your questions. We want you to write us signs of the second coming at gmail.com. We want you to comment on the, uh, with a review, um, with, with a star rating, go on to your favorite platform and give us some feedback. What questions do you have? What do you want to know more about? What has been confusing so far? We've gone through pretty much the entire timeline over these three seasons. What has been confusing for you? What questions do you still have? Do you have disagreements? Do you want to do you want to have us do something different? Do you want us to put some um, some things on YouTube for you? And maybe we'll do a YouTube version of the, the seven seals and walk you through that way. We can do that. Um, but we want to know your feedback. Give us feedback and let us know what, what your thoughts are. And the best way, one of the best ways to do that is to just go out and talk to people, you and your family even, and say, hey, do you think God approximates because you might be blown away at the answers you get. Well, yeah, of course he approximates because he says the time soon cometh or whatever. But that's how you do it. If you, you know, you find out what do other people kind of think, and it's it's great. And bring that because we love to dig into things. That's what I do at, at Ellis Quorum. I dig into the questions people ask me. And even if I, I write my notes down, like, okay, uh, Brother Harrison asked about hell in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I got to figure this out. <laughs> so We should great. have an episode on that. <laughs> we should do that. Um, there, There's some cool stuff we could talk about. We could talk about the ordinances of the gospel. 
um, and how that relates to the second coming. One quick thought on the approximation question. Does God approximate? No, but his people do sometimes. So in, for example, in the Old Testament, sometimes they'll, they'll have estimates of armies. I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the armies of Israel were not exact to the 10,000, right? They, they probably did not have exactly 10,000 or exactly 20,000 or whatever. So yes, they do approximate in the scriptures. But when the Lord is prophesying a specific time or a specific number to a prophet, and they say, the Lord hath said, this is the number, that's not an approximation. That's not an approximation. The prophet Samuel, Samuel the Lamanite, for example, perfect example, he said, five years cometh, and then the sign will be given of the birth of Jesus Christ. And it was five years to the day. In fact, the wicked were counting the days and they were going to kill everybody if it didn't happen that day. Nephi says, 600 years from the time my father left Jerusalem. He said that over and over again. That was a prophecy. That was a straight up prophecy that he was given by an angel. And it came to pass. It was exactly 600 years from the time Nephi left Lehi and his family left Jerusalem. So when Peter says in, in 2 Peter chapter 3 that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years for man and a thousand years is as a, a single day for the Lord, that's not an approximation either. That's the way that the Lord keeps time. It's exactly a thousand years. The day of the Lord is a thousand years. It's a millennial day of a thousand exact years probably to the day. So we as, as imperfect humans, we do approximate all the time. We're like, when was COVID? Oh, what was that? Uh, about three years ago? Oh, so March two, 9th, two, years, years, three, seven, eight. <laughs> um, it feels like COVID has been in our lives for a short time and a long time, all at the same time. Yeah, I don't even remember uh, it. I mean, I do, but. I know it's kind of weird. You think back on 2020, right? And it seemed like a really long year. And then we had 2021. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And 2021 was rough. Um, And then we got into 2022 and we're like, isn't this over yet? Isn't this over yet? And now we're in 2023 and it's kind of over, but we're starting to feel the financial effects from COVID and the financial effects of inflation and the infusion of that trillions of dollars into the economy. And trillion, I think it was, is yeah. the number. Yeah, that's ridiculous. We're starting to feel it. Um, Who could article, have seen that coming? I don't know, me? <laughs> I saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> With people who own small businesses, I think, were like, don't do this to us. Don't yeah, well, do this. I just, I, had, I did a job for an economist and I was talking to him about it. He's like, I was like, this sounds like a really terrible idea, man. He's like, no, no, this is this is fine. This is nothing. This seven trillion is nothing to the economy, to the government. I was like, are you, are you crazy? How is that not nothing? I mean, that's already that's a fifth of what we have in debt currently. How is that nothing? That's more than almost every other nation combined. <laughs> seven trillion really is. Have you seen seen the numbers? Oh yeah. I mean, China's so- got a huge market in Japan. And then everyone else yeah. is like super minor, billions. Uh, well, and the the European Union, the EU, 
collectively, right? Collectively is like a couple trillion. Yeah. China's definitely the other big one. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast before, but I studied finance in, at BYU. And uh, I have a couple of business degrees. I have an MBA. And while I was at uh, BYU getting my MBA, I was the financial clerk. No, I was the uh, I was the teacher's assistant, the TA, for an undergraduate finance class on money and banking. So cool. The professor was amazing. The content was absolutely awesome. And it was after the financial crisis of 2008. Okay. And so we talked a lot about that. And one of the things we talked about is how the money that was given for the TARP program, the, the program where they were trying to infuse money into the economy to get it back going again, that went to the banks. And one thing about banking, the banks do not like inflation. They hate it because all of the, the loans that they have out there, um, they become um, a burden on the banks because they don't get as much money because the money is not worth as much anymore because of inflation, right? A little finance uh, thing involved in our, our, segment. Coming, yeah. our little segment <laughs> here. So all of the banks held the money. All the money that was supposed to like go into the economy and boost the economy, it was held by the banks and they continued to hold it for years, for years and years and years until now. It was the COVID crisis that caused the banks to finally start dipping into those reserves and using those reserves. So all the money that was designed to boost the economy back in 2008 is just now getting released to, to the economy. Well, when they wanted to have COVID, the economic downturn of COVID, they wanted to boost the economy. They wanted to get people back to work. They wanted to, to help small businesses and blah, 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 whatever reasoning they gave. They also pumped trillions of dollars into the economy. But instead of giving it to the banks, because last time it didn't work, quote unquote, they gave it straight to the consumer. They cut us checks. And that immediately went into the economy and caused inflation. So we've got the banking crisis of 2008. All of that money has gone into the economy and caused inflation. We have all of the money that was given directly to consumers, directly to taxpayers, directly to the people during COVID. All of that has gone to the end of the economy and caused inflation. And now they're trying to do more. Right. <laughs> they're they trying did. to they spend it. more. So the, the debt ceiling has been increased so that we have even more money coming into the economy. And that also is going to cause inflation. And the Fed, the Fed is trying to, uh, you know, throw a Band-Aid on a bonfire. It just isn't going to work. It's just not enough. They just don't have enough of, a, of an effect in order to stop the inflation. Um, the banking crisis is manufactured because that's exactly what the Fed was trying to do. They were trying to make the banks go out of business. They were trying to make the, the more risky investments go down. They were trying to make all of that money that's been just floating out in the, in the economy, they wanted to contract so that we have less inflation. It's by design. It's by design. It's by design. I know. <laughs> it's not stopping inflation. It's just causing a banking crisis. That's my financial rant. Okay. But I, I think that was a pretty good episode. Anything interesting you want to add? 
Um, part of the gathering of Israel really is conversion, right? And so this podcast has not as of yet really been a, it's been mostly focused on the second coming and the chronological signs of the times, right? And that's been great, but that is great. And you need to know those things, but at the same time, you have to be converted unto the Lord. And it uh, really does take a personal thing. And I don't know if, if you're going to get into that with this at all, because what's the point of knowing when the second coming is if you're not converted, right? And so that's one of the things I'm going to do a fireside for the youth and the whole stake in the end of this month. And that's one of the things that they were, they're trying to focus on is that get into the temple and uh, the gathering of Israel and how that now includes conversion. And so they're like, we want someone with a good conversion story. Who is that? Who the, Can we get someone up there? And and they can think of anyone. My mother-in-law's a mistake. <laughs> She's just sitting there like, oh, Eric should do this, Eric should do this. And like, maybe we should just have someone read a story about somebody's story. Oh, no. And she's like, oh, come on, there's people out there. Come on. Yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, you could ask Eric in the second ward. There's two of them uh, on the, in the state council that were there and that know me as well. And they're like, what? Eric, I just had him over for dinner. Like, what's, what's that? And she's like, yeah, you should ask him. And so she did. The stake young women's president is like, would you be willing to do this? By the way, it's in Idaho. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm going to go to the, do a fireside for him, right? In Idaho? In Idaho, yeah. For your steak? For my steak, yeah. Why are they going to Idaho? There's a camp there that they paid for. It's all catered and everything, too. It's, wow. I know, right? But it's all, everywhere. So is it like a steak? Yeah, like, like a super camp? activity type yeah, thing. Super, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, the steak is taking the youth on a super activity to Idaho. Idaho, yeah. And you get to go. I am. And uh, participate in a fireside. I am the, talk. I am the fireside. You are the fireside. I am it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't participate in firesides. <laughs> I am the fireside. So you'll be, you will be the fireside, I and am. you'll talk about your conversion story. Yeah, it is. Cool. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a doozy. So I'll be there speaking about it, and they're having someone else the following day, and then, yeah. But that's the. I focus. like to think I played a part in your conversion. <laughs> There's a lot of things that played a part in my conversion. I was one of your young men leaders, way <laughs> no, back in the day. No, no, no. And no. I like to think you can. Think you were that. sitting there, and you were thinking, "Hmm." You came to yourself, and you're like, "You know, my cousin Sean, he inspires me to do the right thing." It's a nice thought. It's not a true thought. But <laughs> not- it's a nice thought. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe this podcast will inspire some people and maybe not maybe i uh have i think it is i think it's totally been an inspiring podcast it definitely uh especially some of the things you talked about and if people actually look into those things that you talk about that's when the inspiration comes because like you have said previously if you want to grow in your testimony of the spirit or christ or of god then for the spirit specifically you go and you write down those impressions you get right and then you study it out or you do it. And it's the same thing. If if you want to grow, especially in this topic, some of the things you guys have talked about are great things to look up. And you're, you're showing to God that, hey, this is interesting to me. I'm going to follow what these guys are saying and go and look. 
I mean, definitely I've received inspiration just from doing that. So you can tell you get it from the podcast already. Where it's going to go from there, from here, season four, I don't know. Season four. But Well, that's a good note to end on. So Eric makes a really good point. These podcasts will do nothing for you. They will do absolutely nothing for you if it doesn't inspire you to act. If it doesn't inspire you to go and study more, to participate in the gathering of Israel, to get yourself to the temple and do temple work, to set an appointment with your bishop to confess your sins and get that taken care of, Um, whatever it is that the Lord is inspiring you to do right now, if you are not going to act on the things that you're learning, it's, it's a waste. One of the things that I have learned from this podcast is that I need to engage in the scriptures and I need to engage with people to be able to learn what I need to learn to prepare myself for the second coming. The second coming is not just an appearance to the entire world. It's not just an appearance to the people who are in Zion. It's not just a people, just an appearance to people who are gathering in the city of Jerusalem. The second coming is a way for us to prepare to enter the presence of the Lord. The second coming can be tomorrow for you. The second coming can happen when you're in the temple. It can happen in your own home. It can happen if the Lord decides to appear to you at any point between now and when he appears to the entire world. The second coming is ongoing. We've talked about the ongoing restoration. We've also talked about the ongoing apostasy. But I think the second coming is also an ongoing event that began with the appearance of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father to Joseph Smith in the sacred grove. And it will end with Christ literally reigning on earth personally with his saints on the earth. You don't have to wait for the second coming to happen to you. It can happen as soon as you are ready. The very moment that you're ready, the Lord will appear to you and you will have your second coming. So what is the most important second coming event? The one where you get to see him. That's the most important one for you. And we talked today about how um, Jesus Christ was with his disciples in the upper room, preparing them for his sacrifice, for his crucifixion, and preparing them to take over the church and the, and the work of the kingdom. That's important. But the most important work for us is what we have to do. It's great to know about what happened to the disciples 2,000 years ago, but it's more important to know what the Lord wants us to do right now. Joseph Smith once said that the promises in the scriptures are worthless to us if we can't obtain them for ourselves. They were given to different people at a different time. And unless we can get those same promises extended to us right now, then those promises are meaningless to us. We have to obtain the promises for ourselves. And the way that we do that is by coming unto God and making covenants with him and following every word that proceeds from his mouth, whether it be from his servants, whether it be from his scriptures, whether it be from the Holy Ghost it's himself, 
um, whether it be from the actual voice of the Lord. Every single time that we receive something from the Lord, we need to treat it as if it is the most important thing that is in our life. And if we do that, we will be prepared for the very next second coming event. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, Sean has authored a book series called Chronological Signs of the Second Coming of Christ. Volume 1 is about the sixth seal, and volume 2 is about the seventh seal. Go to seanswork.com signs to find show notes for this episode and links to purchase the books. This podcast is not an official production of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but we faithfully sustain and support the church, its leaders, its teachings, and the scriptures, including the Bible and the Book of Mormon.